December 24th, 1992, Peo died, the creator of the Smurfs. Okay. That's in the timeline. And they've got, I think, somewhat possibly insensitively, they've just got a picture mm. of a Smurf crying. <laughs> I suppose it makes sense. I'm not sure that's insensitive. But then again, I've never been on Smurfs.com. And I absolutely never will. Your loss. My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words. 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters. 361 chapters. Three volumes. Two epilogues. And a collection of maps. We're going to summarise all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just seven years. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to episode 43. Come on in, sit down, get a cup of tea, pour it into a mug and drink it and and get ready. Well, look, what a great week. We're coming up to the end of book two, season two of War and Peace in just seven years. We've got one episode left after this, then book two is over. Oh my word. I cannot believe it. We've almost done another season, but don't worry. Don't be scared. <laughs> don't be upset. Of course. No, stop crying. Of course there will be some special little gifts, special episodes gifted to you by us, from us to you. If you were slowly curling up into a ball just then in, in fear of not having Wappin' 7 for a couple of weeks, well, that will yeah. happen, actually. We will have a little break, but we're going to have some great stuff interspersed in there to keep you happy. We absolutely are. One of our special episodes, as always, as is now a tradition, will be a quiz episode where Steve and I ask each other questions about book two. And we've actually been sent in some lovely questions we're going to use from fans, from Jake and Jessica. Thank you for those. And Steve, I think you would like to ask the audience something. <laughs> sure, you, why not? Would you not? <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you, William. <laughs> so yeah, the book two catch-up quiz is coming and we'd love to get your questions in there as well. We'll have a round all just for listener questions. So if you've got a question about War and Peace or about the podcast that you think it would be good for us to try and answer then please do send us an email. What you should do, though, is make sure that we can't actually read the answer straight away in the email. So Jake did a very clever thing where he made the answer white, text-coloured. He's such a smart little diplomat, isn't he? He learnt that in spy school. <laughs> I know, yeah, of course. It's exactly <laughs> the same as putting lemon on stuff and putting it in the oven. It is. Jake yeah. knows all the tricks. It does. But look, do send them in. We want those questions. And remember to hide them using font colours. I'm sure... You understand what to do. Tolstoy at wapin7.com. Steve, I don't want to talk about last week's episode too much, but just quickly, what happened last week? Look, it's good to talk about it. It was a, it was a tough, tough episode. Yeah. We are, of course, referring to the fact that Darren, lovely, lovely Darren, good, lovely brave Darren. horse Darren was, was yep. killed the first real casualty that I suppose we care about uh, in, on the yeah. podcast and you at home, perhaps, yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah. the war. And there was a big battle. Nikki Rostov hurt his hand in some way. We don't know what consequences that might have. We don't. And the Russians are doing some very brave um, fighting and then running away and retreating in different ways. It's all very exciting. It's all very exciting. Nikki Rostov now lives in a bush and Darren is galloping up in heaven. And just before I say the magic word to continue this episode, if you'd like to see a video montage of Darren's <laughs> life, 
please do get onto our Instagram. Warning, it's very sad and very emotional. Very beautiful piece of video. It really, truly is. Go to at Wappin7 Podcast if you really want to get hit in the feels. It really will get you. (laughs) It really, super really will. And on that note, Steve, onwards. The reading. Right then. Let's do a little bit of reading. I think this week it is time to go back to our old favourite, smurfs.com. Cut off! The official website for the Smurf Empire. (laughs) Empire. That's good. Welcome to the Smurfs Village. I love this stuff. Take a tour. Smurfs! (laughs) (laughs) Smack at them, lads! There's so much loading on the Smurfs website. I don't know what's going on. It's always (laughs) constantly really loading stuff. And, And then it's, I have to be honest, quite disappointing when it does load. It's good. It really a bit, it, it grabs your attention, doesn't it? Because what's loading? What's coming up? What's coming next? What are you going to tell us, Steve? <gasps> timeline? Smurf timeline? Let's see. Nothing. Only a shell. Okay, Will. I'm looking at a baby photo of the creator of the, of the Smurf empire. Oh, I'm lost for words. Pierre Culliford, a.k.a. Peo. When Pierre? was he born, Will? Sorry, Pierre. <laughs> Pierre <laughs> Culliford, I know. <laughs> I know. This is this is big. Go on. This is big. But when was he born? Uh eighteen oh five. Oh, imagine that really would be very suspicious. <laughs> it would be. Sadly not. Uh June twenty fifth, nineteen twenty eight. Ah, I was close. Are you mad? Not like your honour. Ah, breathing again. Breathing. Steve, you're meant to actually talk to me. You sorry, can't just get super sorry, engrossed just, in the bloody website. Sorry, I can see you. I can see you. Just your little, sorry. little beady little eyes. There's so <laughs> much on Smurfs.com. <laughs> the timeline is so, feature that I've never been on the timeline feature. It's so rich. It's too It's too rich. It's ruining the flow of the bloody sorry, podcast. Sorry, what are you saying? You're saying something about the book. Go on, give me a good quote. Cheers. Fine, that's good. Look at it. Grand. Yes, a very a grand quote. Very good. <laughs> I've already read it. <laughs> I read that quote it's, before. It's so much better the second time. <laughs> oh, it's amateur hour, Steve. I'm going to give you a countdown. I'm going to give what? you a countdown. Come on, no. mate. What, what for? What, what for? Come on, Steve. Oh. Come on, mate. You're running out of time. Oh, oh no. By 1982, the Smurfs TV series was known worldwide. <laughs> and on that note, I've finished reading. <laughs> Goodbye, my dear fellow. All right, mate. How was that? How was that then? You've just read a chapter of War and Peace, I assume, unless something's gone very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right to check. We should check every now and then. I have done. I have, yeah. How was it? Was it good? It was intense, my friend. We are still in this battle. And Steve, if you could pick one word to sum up the feeling of what was going on last week, what would it be? Disorder, confusion, incompetence. Mm, Yeah, three words you went with there. (laughs) Yeah, you can choose. You you choose which one you want. (laughs) Fine. Well, the one word I would pick now is chaos. Chaos. Panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the worst thing a soldier can hear? We all know the answer to this. It's the sound, Mm -hmm. the distant sounds of of trumpets coming over the the, the hilltops. Cornets. The Smurf saxophone. (laughs) That's the worst possible sound. That is the worst possible sound, I agree. So we'll go with second worst possible is this. We're cut off. Oh, no. Because of the woods. Mate, 
Exactly because of the woods. Lads are trying to run out of the woods. The French have, well, I've already said it, cut them off. They're running. They're screaming. Oh, no. It's bad. It's a bit like a horror film. The one in the in the woods with the cameras. Blair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which project. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. We pan to the general. Uh, the nameless general. Now, look, we met him in your chapter, and I'll be honest, I had a sneaky peek in your chapter, and he's just not given a name. No, they don't name him at all, but he's he's the one that decided that he wasn't going to protect the woods. It's his fault. It's his fault, exactly. Steve, do you want to give him a name? I thought maybe we could help Tolstoy do his job. Absolutely. Have you got any information about him? He's a general, he's made mistakes, and he's about to try and redeem himself. We could also probably assume he's stout. I don't have that written down, but let's assume he's stout, nice hands, looks like a leopard. Uh, I'm going to call him David Whistles. David Whistles is lovely. (laughs) So would we go with General Whistles? Yeah, sure. For sure. (laughs) If you're being giving him his proper military title, it's Colonel Whistles. Yeah. But to his friends, it's David Whistles or Dave. Okay. He's a general, mate. Don't demote him. Sure. So sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have some respect for General David Whistles. <laughs> I will. My apologies. The camera spins around to General Whistles. And the thought that he, an exemplary officer of many years' service who had never been to blame, might be held responsible at headquarters for negligence or inefficiency so staggered him. <laughs> That's the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> That's the spirit. Not like, oh no, everyone's going to die. Uh, how do we get out of this? What's a good constructive solution to this problem? It's just no, like... It's about his reputation. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I don't get in trouble back at the office. Eye of the Tiger starts to play. Always that, isn't it? It's so weird. It's it's always that. He ain't letting the Frenchies get away with this. Not today. Not today. He clutched the crupper of his saddle and spurring his horse galloped to the regiment under a hail of bullets, which fell around, but fortunately missed him. Wow. So he's actually possibly a good general, it turns out. Look, if your motivation is to do good just to protect your own reputation... Does it matter? Yeah, I suppose as long as the result is the same, it doesn't really matter. It would have been better if he had this feeling half an hour earlier. (laughs) It would be. And I think a lot of people would be alive, including Darren, actually. Darren would be alive. All those poor lads that were just picking up sticks in the wood. Exactly. They'd be alive. Exactly. He avoids the French, rides on. He gets to a field. The lads are in disarray running around like absolute silly billies. My words there, not Tolstoy's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Steve, a question not from me, okay, but from Tolstoy himself to, to you. Wow, what an honour. Steve, would this disorderly crowd of soldiers attend to the voice of their commander or would they, disregarding him, continue their flight? Earlier on, when he was umming and ahhing and all this sort of thing, I think no. Mm. But now he's shown quite a lot of bravery. He's ran through hundreds of bullets. He's, he's dodged them all. He has. It's like the Matrix out there. <laughs> it's like the Matrix out there. <laughs> I really think that they're going to be behind him after that. Excellent. He shouts so loudly to rally the troops that he literally turns purple. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Awful. Quite scary. Quite impressive. Now he shouts so loud, and this is actually an important lesson for our listeners. Um, He shouted so loud that he started to have a coughing fit. Okay. And Steve, unfortunately, the soldiers simply ignore him. Oh, 
you know that coughing fit really undermined it you can imagine it's like come on let's fight (laughs) (laughs) thing is though it's quite hard to ignore a man who's gone completely purple but you know there you go yeah unless i suppose he's against a purple background and he's just disappeared do you know what I honestly hadn't thought of that. Yeah, if he's the same colour as yeah. the background. Yeah, right, good point. Thank there's you. There's some raspberry bushes behind him or something like that. <laughs> thank, no, thank you. Yeah, black currants like, everywhere. Did, black, where did that shout come from? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The French are approaching. Is it all over? Uh, I don't think it's all over, but I think it's probably pretty pretty bad for this, this little collection of chaps. Suddenly. Oh, okay. <laughs> for absolutely no reason... The French retreat. Oh, okay, okay. And then... Whoa. Oh, and then off to the side near the bushes of the woods, up rise some Russian sharpshooters <gasps> from the grass and they start bloody firing on the French. Whoa. They were hiding in the bushes all along. They were lying in a ditch. <laughs> That's the first military strategy that they've done. It's incredible. It's such an amazing moment. All these Russians just rise out of the ditch. Amazing. Get away. I mean, sure, they could have just been hiding because they were scared, but who knows? Who knows? Now we cut to Timokin. He comes running out of the woods with these Russian sharpshooters. Um, Timokin is a true badass. Huh? Like that chap from Lord of the Rings armed Why? only with a sword Why always Lord of the Rings <laughs> like he's, he's got a is it sword the only book you've read or something like what's going on uh, here? We've made a matrix reference today I know but this is about the fifth Lord of the Rings reference that you try to sneak in You tell me this isn't like Lord of the Rings uh-huh. Timokin armed only with a sword had rushed at the enemy with such a desperate cry and such mad drunken determination Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I suppose it is somewhat Lord of the Ringsy Thank you he's brave he's mad He's hammered. Who else is brave, <laughs> mad and hammered, Steve, so far in the book? Oh, so many people to choose from. Really, really sport for choice. Who's the loudest lad, the big lad, the drinking lad, the naughty boy? Who is it? Oh, we're talking, of course, about Dolokhov. Mate, Dolokhov <laughs> is running beside him. Dolokhov launches at a Frenchman and just kills him in one go, hand-to-hand combat. And then he catches a French officer by the collar. Wow. The French had nearly cut our left flank in half, but now they were repulsed. And and Dolokhov's just got one of the French officers in his bloody hand. Just single-handedly, he's done all this. He's done all this, just one punch, kill, Grab another one. And all it took were two incredibly brave and incredibly drunk men. Maybe the Russian military strategy has some legs. I think you're right. We've been laughing at how drunk they all are. Yeah. But eventually being that hammered and crazy just has to pay out, right? (laughs) It lets you do things like that. It really does. And Steve, talking about Dolokhov for a second... What's his journey? What are his needs? What are his wants as a character? He's on a sort of mission of redemption, I suppose, because his, you know, his somewhat strange and outlandish personality has got him into some kind of problems, really. You're absolutely right with the word redemption. That's what drives him. Mm. Dolokhov takes his recently captured Smurf to the regimental commander. He throws the Smurf to the commander's feet (laughs) And displays his Smurf belongings. <laughs> I imagine like Smurf belongings, that's like a hairbrush yeah. and yeah. a knapsack. Like a little bag for collecting Smurf berries. 
trinkets, brushes, and coloring in pencils. <laughs> they just the sort of things Smurfs carry around with yeah. them. And he just he just lobs the Smurf at the commander's feet. The whole company can bear witness. I beg you will remember this, Your Excellency. And then he takes off a little handkerchief that he's wearing as a hat and shows okay. a little bit of blood on his head and goes, A bayonet wound. I remained at the front. Remember oh that, God. Your Excellency. Remember. He, he got stabbed in the head, did he? Well, he's got blood on his head. I'm unsure that he got a bayonet in his head i don't think he'd be okay are you saying he did it to himself no i wouldn't go that far i'm saying look he's desperate for someone to just say well done dolikov you've been very brave we're very proud of you this is a great smurf that you have brought to us thank you despite your fairly obnoxious personality (laughs) you have done something good you've done something good has he been redeemed has he not been redeemed he hasn't (laughs) okay (laughs) Okay. i'm saying not yet but sure it's not enough it's all right steve i don't have the answer i don't have the answer to that yeah well sure it's a no from me (laughs) cut got it i won't say anything else about it but it isn't it's a no from me (laughs) it's a no from steve i don't have the answer cut to clarify steve uh the battle is sort of done now since the killings and the running and the french thank god for that however Tushin, handsome, shoeless Tushin, is still at the top of his little hill uh, with his cannons. Mercilessly destroying this village. (laughs) Exactly. And so Andy Pandy heads up, basically to tell him to just give it a rest. Steve, you've answered my question already, really, but what's driving Tushin? What are his wants? He's mad for destruction. He wants to destroy that village. <laughs> That's Something has happened in that village. I don't know if on the way there, yeah. uh, he went into the village and, and they were a bit rude to him. Yep. But he wants a village gone. You are absolutely spot on. Well, <laughs> thankfully, finally, he has succeeded. Oh. The village is very very much on fire now what an arc look at them scurrying it's burning just see the smoke fine grand look at the smoke the smoke (laughs) he's a maniac he's a maniac and my word is he about to live up to that moniker throughout the rest of this chapter are these not war crimes that he's committing? So he is doing this completely without orders, by the way, just off his own volition. He wants that village on fire. This is a small war crime. It really is. Tushin continued to rain fire across the battlefield. He's completely lost it. Uh, but because he's doing this so much, the French are now getting significantly annoyed by all the fire that's raining down on them. No doubt. And so suddenly... <laughs> I think maybe, Will, and I <laughs> yeah. don't take this the wrong way, I think possibly you overuse the word suddenly. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> possibly. I mean, don't... It's fine. You know, I think you're doing a great job. Cheers. I think you're a great guy. I think Thank you do a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think the way that you use suddenly, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's not a surprise. Fascinating stuff. Or a- suddenly, four cannonballs, exactly four, fell among the guns around where Tushin is. Wow, creepy. Very creepy. Exactly four, eh? Yeah, like in a diamond or something. (laughs) A little smiley face. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We shouldn't jest, Steve, because two horses have been knocked over. Thankfully, they're alive. Oh, that's good. That's good. And one lad's had his leg blown off, but nobody cares. Sure. Sure. Why would they? Contrary to what you might think, Steve. Well, actually not contrary to what you might think. Spirits are high. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, of course they are. Crack on. We're all having a good time. We're having a yeah, good yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Steve, what do you do when your horses are knocked over and your soldiers' legs are being blown off? You could, I suppose you could, you could move out of the way okay. and spread out a little bit to avoid more things like that happening. Oh, like protect the well-being of your soldiers and horses. What Tushin does, get me new horses, get me new men. We ah. crack on. We crack on. <laughs> okay. We're not okay, stopping. Just keep them coming. Keep them coming. So it's all incredibly intense. Tushin is just screaming at people. But a nice little aside, he's constantly smoking a pipe and has a little chap looking after him whose sole job it is, is to fill up his pipe. I think there might be too many people in the Russian army. Wouldn't that guy be better served? Doing literally anything else. He could move the horses. (laughs) He could. No, he's got a pipe to fill. Tushin is wired. He's got a crazed look in his handsome eyes. He's smoking. He's shoeless. Smack at him, lads! And he just keeps saying that over and over and over again. Uh, Tushin is very much addicted to the fight. He's dashing between the guns, pipe in his mouth, shouting, screaming, firing on the French. As soon as his horses or lads get blown up, he's just demanding new ones. He is having a day. He's having a great time. I do want to stress this. He absolutely should not be doing any of this. (laughs) The battle is, is done. He has to stop. Who can stop him, though? Who can stop him, Steve? And before we find out who stops him, um, I'd like you to address Tushin's yeah. mental kind of stability at the moment. What are your thoughts on on how Tushin's getting on? We can sympathise with Tushin because we've all been in that situation. You go through a village one day yep. and someone knocks over a small bucket and it gets on your shoes. The water gets on your shoes. That's true. And you've just polished your shoes and you're thinking, those oh, shoes are really nice. I've got to polish them again. Then you're in a position to bombard, mercilessly bombard the town. With fire. Into small, with fire, into small, mm. tiny, burnt little bits. Who wouldn't take that opportunity after what happened with the bucket? And then once you've started the process of setting the village on fire, you're not yeah. going to stop. You're not going to back down. I mean, that's all hypothetical, of course. We don't know exactly what happened between the village and Tushin. We don't. It must be something like that. I think Tushin's doing swell. From the sight of the blood of men and horses, from the little puffs of smoke on the enemy's side, from the sight of all these things, a fantastic world of his own had taken possession of his brain. Okay. And at that moment afforded him pleasure. So he's having some sort of like uh, (laughs) hypnotic breakdown kind of thing. Look, he's absolutely lost the plot. Steve, you've got a good imagination, mate. Uh, If you were faced with the same horrifying scene as Tushin, you know, cannibals firing at you, your men and horses being blown up, uh, what would you do for a little bit of escapism? Sing a little song. Sing my favourite song. Oh, just sing a little song. Hum a little song. Have a little sit. Have a little sing. Yeah, sing some Five or S Club. Yeah, lovely. Well, Tushin, um, he starts to to visualise the enemy's guns as just being harmless pipes okay. being smoked by invisible smokers. Oh, if that helps you. So, Steve, we're just going to quickly check back in with Tushin. What's your diagnosis now? How do you think he's getting on? I think he is quite unwell yeah. and he needs yeah. he needs stopping. He, he needs, needs help. to stop. <laughs> he needs stopping. <laughs> yeah, I think we can both agree that, firstly, he just yeah. needs to be stopped. Sounds that way, We'll yeah. get him the help later. Just stop him. Yeah. He's not doing great. So he's running around muttering about the pipes, uh, which are, of course, actually cannons, and demanding that he's given more shells. And now the French appear to him like ants in his quite psychotic brain. And the sounds of the muskets start to sound like breathing. 
Ah, breathing again. Breathing. <laughs> Quick check in, Steve. How's he getting on? How's he doing? He's struggling a little bit, I would say. <laughs> I think so. He, the pressures are getting to him. Just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. He imagined himself as an enormously tall, powerful man who was throwing cannonballs at the French with both hands. Why not? Suddenly. Okay. A familiar voice. You use suddenly when you really mean then. <laughs> Captain Tushin. Captain, are you mad? You have twice <laughs> been ordered to retreat. It's Andy Pandy. Thank God he's got here. Oh, the voice of reason. Tushin looks back with wild eyes. He starts to speak when? So- suddenly. <laughs> when? Look, look, it's fine. I won't do it. Loads of cannonballs fell. I was going to put you on the edge of your seat, but they're all fine. They're all fine. That's a relief. A cannonball shot towards Tushin, but he ducked, it missed him. And then, honest to God, everyone has a laugh. He ducked. (laughs) He ducked and the soldiers are cracking up. Can you do that? Mate, he can. Tushin's wild, Steve. He's he's operating on all all cannons or whatever the saying is. All pistons. He's firing on all cylinders. He absolutely is. Um, Andy rides up to Tushin's battery, because it's at the top of the hill, to dismiss the rest of the battalion. He sees quite a sight. Dead horses and soldiers everywhere. Cannonballs are flying over his head. He's a bit nervous, <laughs> which seems fair considering seems what, what Tushin's been up to. And he says this to himself, I cannot be afraid. Andy delivers the order and refuses to leave until it's followed. One war point to Pandy. He's done well a done. good job there. He stopped him. It's it's over. Slowly starting on his journey to become the greatest war hero of all time. This is one brave step on that journey. <sighs> Absolutely. He stopped Tushin. And now the chapter ends with him and Tush uh, riding down the hill. I'm going to read this. Well, till we meet again, he said, holding out his hand to Tushin. Goodbye, my dear fellow, said Tushin. Dear soul, goodbye, my dear fellow. <laughs> and for some unknown reason... Tears suddenly filled his eyes. Wow, I didn't realise they had that sort of bond. For some unknown reason, tears filled his eyes. Unknown, is it? What? what what's he just spent the last couple of days doing? The man's gone crazy. He's all over the place. He needs to basically take a break. He needs a biscuit and a sit down. I would say two biscuits. Two biscuits and a strong cup of tea. Yeah. One bit of ham. Go on, have more ham. That's fine, you earned it. And you've been sacked from the army. <laughs> Which is fair <laughs> enough. There you go, mate. Um, wow. That, that chapter was intense of just kind of watching a man just fall apart and lose his mind and just firing and firing and hallucinating. I awful know. stuff. Awful stuff. I think stuff. that could happen to you one day. Cheers, pal. Yeah. I was actually reading it. <laughs> I was reading it at points thinking like, oh, I don't think me and Tushin are that dissimilar. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean just, you know, in your everyday life, but if you were in that situation... (laughs) Throw me another cigarette! Bang! Bang! (laughs) Bang! Will, the battle's done! (laughs) I don't know what Tushin was like before all of this happened, Yeah, but it really does speak to the the fact that this is horrible stuff that these guys are going through. It's it's horrible stuff, mate. It's absolutely wild. And of course, this is going to break... Uh, men it's going to change them uh, it has to what we're describing week after week after week is so <laughs> yeah. horrible and intense and upsetting you've got dolokhov backflipping across the the battlefield just p- 
punching French people to death. Punching heads off. And <laughs> yeah. you've got Nikki hiding in a bush with a hand that's been, I don't know, chopped off or something. There's just bodies everywhere. Dead horses, cannonballs, muskets firing at you. People screaming. One guy turned fully purple and exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a real day. It's been. Do you know what? So far in the book, this has been the worst day. It's the summary summary. Okay, Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent stuff. In three, hang on. I'm turning up the volume on my telephone device. In three, two, one. 43, suddenly they've been cut off. It's General David Whistles. Everyone's ignoring him because he's purple. Dolokhov's done something. Tushin's on the edge. Andy's not afraid. Smack at him, lads. Beep, beep. (laughs) absolutely fantastic what a good chapter title steve (laughs) thank you it's called suddenly (laughs) yeah because it creates a sense of intrigue and shock and wonder yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's not a joke about me is it there it can't Uh, be no 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 no, i wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that people will see that title right the chapter title and go what (laughs) (laughs) well better listen quick General David Whistles, the man who went purple. A little bit like uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Yes, that girl who who just went, well, she went, she went purple. purple. She yeah. fell in the drink and she went purple. Don't fall in that drink. That place was a nightmare, wasn't it? I can't believe they let kids in there. The health and safety standards were really problematic in that place. <laughs> shocking, <laughs> shocking, yeah. you could say. Some quite uh, serious lapses. <laughs> All these kids are dead. Who wants a chocolate bar? I don't think anyone died, but one went purple. One got kind of like expanded into the size of a balloon. Yeah. Did they shoot one out the roof? I can't remember. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot this one out the roof. Tushin would have loved that. Shooting the kids out the roof. Set fire to the factory. Sure, sure, sure. He would have loved that. You're right. That's where he'd have been there clapping along. What's your prediction for the last chapter, Will, next week? Oh, wow. It's the last chapter of book two, isn't it? I think it's fair to say that the Russians have been doing very poorly throughout this season, but it feels like suddenly that's like changed a little bit and maybe fortune is on their side. Maybe they're doing well. I don't think they're doing well. I mean, they burnt that village <laughs> to the ground. Yeah, that's probably the only victory I can think of. We've caught a Smurf. We've caught an actual Smurf. They've caught one Smurf, sure. I mean, they lost several bridges through her yeah. sort of minor trickery. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, they yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They've, they've been retreating just constantly. They've lost men. Their heads are blown off. Their legs are blown off. They've lost horses. Yeah. They've lost their their kind of courage as well yeah i mean their direction (laughs) all right all right look yeah they're not doing great but i think my prediction is the russians have got this in the bag (laughs) okay (laughs) you you really i think you'd be at home in the russian army because that's the sort of thinking that they need (laughs) let's get drunk and have a cheese sandwich all right tushin how's it going mate fire (laughs) (laughs) well let's see next week Next week on Wapid 7. Okay. See ya. And suddenly. (laughs) No more of that. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of War and Peace, the penultimate episode of book two. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know you're busy people. I know you've got places to be. You've got stuff to do. Yeah. uh, Things like that. Oh, yeah. I won't keep you any longer. Just to say, please do send in those questions. If you've got any questions that we could have in our quiz um, in a few weeks time, then we'd love to get them from you. 
Tolstoy at Wappin7.com is our email address and you can find us on Instagram. Where will? Great question, Steve. At Wappin7podcast. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Send us a picture of your favourite war horse. It really is up to <laughs> you. And look, as a thank you just for you, dear listener, here are the silly bits. You said suddenly... Uh, in last week's chapters, yeah, you I, I think <laughs> you're so angry about this. Dick. I'm never going to hear the end of it. No, hear the end of this. I've kept it inside. I've kept it inside for a bit, but actually, no, we're going to have it out. I don't think it's. I don't think there's a problem with saying suddenly Thank sometimes. You, so I win. Because Correct. There's a lot going on, but you said it four times in that chapter. <laughs> I said it more than that. Maybe once it was valid. <laughs> I just want some excitement. Smurf news is very thin on the ground. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. They're at, they're at war with the Russians. Is that not even mentioned? It hasn't mentioned anything about their collab with Napoleon. The key is that you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and then you, you wear people down, right? And they think nothing's yeah. happening. And then suddenly, sure. everyone's bloody dead. Right, right, right. Why not just say suddenly every sentence then? Like <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. <laughs> You won't believe how suddenly things happen. <laughs>